Welcome to Jacqueline Explores, the podcast where we explore science, somatics, and social change. I'm your host, Jacqueline Shea. I am an embodiment coach, facilitator, researcher, and science communicator. After 10 years in public health and health tech, my own trauma healing journey brought me to somatics. In this podcast, I'll share the cutting edge science and somatic frameworks and tools that change my life and will help you feel better, move through stress, heal trauma, and live the life of your dreams. But that's not all. I'll also highlight why and how most individual issues have systemic roots and the social change work being done and needed to create a world in which we can all thrive. Let's explore. Hello, hello, dear ones. Today, I'm here to talk about resourcing. And resourcing is as a concept in general, how to do it, what it is, some examples, but in particular, resourcing so that we can face things like systemic oppression. So we can face these big things that are happening that can totally dysregulate us and put us into a very active fight or flight of like, oh my God, I have to do something right now, or shut down. I'm not going to read the news. I'm not going to engage. It's hopeless. And this is in response to the episode 29 that I did with Devin Rufo, where we talked about the climate crisis and we talked about capitalism and we talked about these big things that frankly can, yeah, put us into that activation or that shutdown that feel insurmountable, that there can be immense grief because many of us are really aware of the, the real damage that's been done. And yet not facing these, the, these things isn't going to work for us. And trying to create solutions from an activated state isn't sustainable and often won't lead to the right solutions. It might lead to band-aids. It might lead to, in many ways, things like cancel culture. It leads to so much that doesn't work. So let's jump in. Um, okay. What is resourcing? What the heck is that? Um, well, you know, if you've been heard in the workplace, um, what it means to, to resource a team, it's kind of like, we're going to give them the adequate staff, the adequate budget, the adequate tools that they need to do the job. If you're under-resourced as a team, you don't have the things you need to do what you've been tasked to do. And that's basically the same thing, but with an individual and their nervous system. And essentially, what, what they need in order to show up, not just show up bare minimum, but thrive, but be able to grapple with some big shit. So resourcing is basically things actions, qualities, connections that we can draw upon, that we can use in general to to kind of fill up our cup and in times of need. And in times where we're like, wow, I don't have a lot. I really like, I need this thing. And so it's kind of a broad category. It can be, again, actions. It can be awarenesses, um, orientations, abilities, that can support someone in maintaining a sense of perhaps ease, competency, sense of self, agency, regardless of what's going on in the environment. Now, of course, we're all kind of times where we're going to feel under-resourced, even though we're doing the right things, you know. So, for example, if 
Like when I don't sleep well, I feel under-resourced and I can do things that are going to help me still show up and feel better. But to some degree, I'm still going to be struggling. So the the use of quote-unquote resources doesn't mean that you won't feel under-resourced, but it can help fill up the cup. It can help bridge those gaps in those times when we are struggling, when things are hard, or when we're trying to face a hard thing that is going to tap us of our resource. It's going to use them. So I will get more specific, but basically resources are anything that helps nourish us, that helps us you know, go from essentially a state of more sympathetic, more activated, more anxiety, more urgency, are sympathetic, more shutdown, leth- deep lethargic, depression, isolation, going inward. Um, those things that can help us bring us into this more um, capital S self where we feel capable, we feel centered, we feel here, we feel like we're able to do something, even if that thing is really small. Um, or we're able to have that hard conversation, or we're even just able to do our job. So it can exist, resourcing can exist in several categories, not limited to, but including psychological, emotional, somatic, um, intellectual, relational, artistic, spiritual, um, so many more, maybe sensual. um, I'm sure I'm missing some, but those are just a few broad domains. So it's not just like yoga are meditating. Those are the only ways to get resourced. Um, Sometimes it is playing video games and saying, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to do something that is literally just pointless and just fun and just silly. Congrats. That can be very resourcing. And if that was the only way that you resourced, it probably wouldn't be enough. Like you probably do need to stretch your body and you do need to connect and, and maybe eat healthy foods and So, you know, it's kind of, it's about like having different resourcing tools. Um, So I'm going to talk about a few of, um, a few strategies to resource yourself in particular when you are going to face a situation that's triggering, when you're going to face a topic that's triggering, such as listening to the very incredible interview I had with Devin on episode 29 of my, of this podcast, but one where we got freaking real. We talked about real um, oh, sad, heartbreaking impacts of the climate crisis and of capitalism. I heard from many people, they're like, I had to take a break. I couldn't listen to the full way thing, the full, you know, episode through. I was loving it. I was resonating it. And also I was freaking triggered. Yeah. Or let's say you're, you're going to have a chat with someone and it's going to get real and you're you know that some of your more tender sensitive parts are going to come online you know that you're going to get activated you know that it's going to be easy to say things that are reactive that you can't take back are that it really needs to be handled with grace um yeah that's another time to resource yourself i would say we want to think about resourcing as kind of an ever ongoing process of like what are the ways that i show up for myself um but those are two great examples another example is doing any kind of trauma work so um resourcing for example is very integral in emdr and with that you're literally reprocessing trauma through these eye movements um But what can happen is you can have flashbacks. It can bring stuff up. I've had clients who actually kind of experienced worsening in their symptoms and in their mental health struggles because of EMDR, because you're kind of stirring, stirring what was stuck to the bottom. And so resourcing is really helpful to help our body reorient to safety. 
Um, and actually, you know, I'd argue that so much of somatics is about building the body's capacity to resource and to receive and be nourished by the resourcing and spending more time in a regulated state so that in those moments where we do go to those depths, we do stir the pot, we can actually experience that without becoming too dysregulated. So the resourcing is the somatic work in and of itself. It's not just that big sort of let's process that stuff. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, those are kind of the three buckets I'm orienting to, but um, and the, you know, they're different, but I'll just sort of say, yeah, that's kind of my orientation. So step one, before you even approach something that could be intense and, and maybe we'll just, Hmm, here's why I'm being indecisive. I'll, I'll say, let's go with just this sort of thing of like, you really want to engage in addressing perhaps the climate crisis, um, white supremacy, something where you're like, whoo, that topic is so intense for me. Um, yeah, let's say, let, let's go with that. So first, check in with your body. Um, take a, take a, you know, a pulse check. How are you feeling? Are you in your body? Can you feel sensations and emotions? Do you feel checked out? Do you feel flooded with energy and emotions? Is there big activation? So you kind of want to decide where already am I? Am I already flooded with emotions? Am I already shut down? Great. That's not the time to go read an article about the climate crisis. That is not the time to scroll Twitter looking at opinions. That is not the time to watch a video of police brutality. So if you're already somewhat dysregulated, I encourage you to actually begin to resource instead of going straight in. Um, you know, I think the name of the game for all of this, for life really, is to go slow instead of going fast. And I'll name, for example, after George Floyd was murdered in 2020, I was chronically activated. I was constantly checking Twitter, constantly checking the news, seeing the videos of, of protests, seeing the messed up stuff that was happening. And it was like I had to feel like I was involved. I had to feel like I really knew what was happening. And yet it just kept me awake at night. And it just kept me constantly anxious, constantly depleted. I wasn't able to focus on my work, but I was so compelled. And that's so natural and it's not wrong, but... I wasn't being useful. I wasn't really contributing. I was going to protest, but but the, the constant scrolling, that wasn't serving me. And so that would be a great time to say, oh, I need a resource. That is my work so that I can actually show up for these conversations in a regulated way, thoughtfully, respectfully, instead of reactively responding to people's Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah, it didn't do much good. And so when we're resourced, we can, we can actually be more strategic and where we're not, it doesn't, it doesn't end well. And we usually get more dysregulated. So starting is just checking with your body, just seeing where you're at. If you are somewhere in the, in the bucket of regulation, you can feel your body, you know, there might be some activation, but you're still present. You're able to think coherently. You're able to be respectful. Uh, great proceed. But if, if it's anything other than that, time to get resourced. So the biggest thing I will say um, in general is 
to use the concept of titration. And titration comes from chemistry when you're mixing two solvents together and you don't want to just say, oh, let's let's mix a ton of this. You're like, let's add a little bit of this and see how it goes. Okay, now let's add a little bit more. Okay, and a little bit more. And so often we want to both we want to titrate our engagement with something that's deeply triggering. So, you know, maybe you're listening to the podcast and you're like, wow, I'm really liking this. Wow, I notice I'm having difficulty being in my body. Or wow, I notice I'm tensing up. That's a great time to say, ooh, I'm going to pause. I'm going to hit pause here. I'm going to come back to this when I can. That is not weakness. It's not bad to like hit that hit that wall pretty quickly. And in fact, the more that you can hit pause when you start to notice a little bit of activation, a little bit of shutdown, a little bit of disassociation, instead of waiting until you are totally disassociated, until you're totally out of your body, until you are ready to tear someone's head off and you're writing the biggest rant ever in response to some random person's Facebook post. Yeah, the sooner you can actually intervene, the less you'll get to those big moments. So titration is simply taking bite-sized pieces of being with something that's big, something that's intense, something that's triggering, something that feels highly sensational in not a good way. Um, but also you can use this with pleasure as well, especially if pleasure is something that that you struggle with, um, or even if you're just exploring something new. Um, but so you're taking bite-sized pieces. And then you could add pendulation, which is essentially going back and forth between a bite-sized piece of something that's triggering, activating, it shuts you down, and a bite-sized piece of something that's pleasurable, neutralizing, joyful, comforting. So for example, with my podcast, you could listen to it, hit pause when you feel yourself getting activated, and then listen to a song that you like, that soothes you, do some dishes. And then once the activation goes down, you can say, okay, I'm ready to go back. And you listen to the podcast again. And then, whew, Devin starts talking about the origins of capitalism, and you go, oh, no, that's enough. And then you cuddle with your cat, and you go for a walk. And then you say, oh, cool, I'm feeling, I'm actually feeling, now Now I'm curious again, I'm not, I'm not triggered. And you keep going back and forth, and you find the right dose, the right amount, um, kind of like doing, doing a sampling of both. So I would say this is honestly the biggest name of the game and how to how to work with something that's triggering to titrate take bite-sized pieces and pendulate go back and forth and this does not have to happen all in the same day my friend you can if it takes you a week to read a climate crisis report that's fine also you don't need to read the full report you could totally just read the summary that's okay too and that's part of the wisdom is knowing like how much of this do i actually need to engage in like do i need to watch that video of the police officer beating a black man to death or sorry trigger warning my bad i should have mentioned that before it just came out of my mouth um or is it sufficient enough for me to read a news article on it because that's actually already deeply triggering and how can i resource before and after Ooh, you can place your hands on your heart if I got a little too real there. My bad. <sighs> which brings me to one of my examples, which is hands on your heart. This is my favorite way to emotionally and somatically resource. Placing your hands on your heart has been shown to reduce cortisol as much as getting a hug from someone. It is a way to give yourself a hug to tell yourself that you are safe on a physiological level. 
You can add in sweet words like, I got you. I know, this is scary. How you feel makes sense. Anything that's validating, anything that's self-compassionate, you can say to yourself with your hands on your heart. Doing this before you face something, before you have a conversation, it can be really powerful to let your body know in advance you're here. During it, you can do it. Afterwards, you can do it. And frankly, you can do this casually. It can be very much like, "Mm, I'm just playing with my necklace. I'm just playing with my collarbone, with my hand on my heart. Like no one has to know that you're somatically resourcing yourself. Um, This is the simplest one that I start with because it's it's so easy. It's so intuitive. Um, You know, there's other forms of self-touch. And frankly, there's no wrong way to self-touch. And I'm not talking about sexual touch. I'm talking about like having your your arms around, you know, your body, squeezing yourself, massaging your neck, your jaw. Those are examples of resourcing. Hands of my heart is just my go-to, but touch is such a primal way that we are soothed. It is one of the first ways we are soothed by, by our caregivers as a baby. So how can you literally hold yourself? How often do you get held? Probably not enough. So start holding yourself, my friend. Um, grounding. So this is a, a way to basically really feel into the support um, that you have. So if you can go and put your feet on the earth, oh my goodness, do it, do it, do it, do it. Connecting to the earth through touch, but also through our looking, through hearing, this really brings us into the present moment. And it may not fully, you know, totally deactivate the stress that's present or that's coming, but um, it really can calm us. So, but if you can't go out and get nature, can you really feel into your chair? Can you really feel how supported you are? Where your back leans against that support, where your feet touch the earth. These are ways that help bring us out of what we're experiencing, whether that's more shutdown or more activation. It helps us come into this present moment. And while it may not sort of totally change what's happening for us, we may start to have a little bit of dual awareness of, wow, I'm here and this is present. And it's totally not all consuming. Deep breathing is another one. So simple, yet so freaking profound. So think deep belly breaths, lengthening your inhales and making your exhales even longer with open mouth sighs. And this deep breathing is going to slow down your heart rate. It's going to stimulate your vagus nerve. And it's going to send your body signals of safety. Um, Humming is another go-to and one that I hear from my clients that they just love and start to use all the time. And humming really, really stimulates our vagus nerve. It really does this sort of like internal massage where just the energy shifts, it changes, it transforms. And what's maybe stuck or held gets to move. Um, A little harder to do if you're in public. Um, But you know what? Humming along to music is, you know, more socially acceptable. So it could be a little bit of that with your your headphones in um and what i'm talking about is literally so you'll inhale and really feel the energy moving 
feel it moving through your body. You can visualize it. Visualization is a way to kind of help help things move. That's totally okay. Even if you like, I can't really feel it. Um, you can play with different tones. You can really play with envisioning the energy moving out through your body, out through your hands and feet. Um, but humming is really powerful. Um, I already kind of mentioned this, but time in nature, while it may not be available in the moment that you need it in general is incredibly resourcing. So spending time in nature is found to be associated with lowering blood pressure, lowering heart rate. Trees literally give off chemicals that make us happy. Um, even, um, gardening is found to, to really significantly reduce stress, but it could just be as simple as sitting in a park. It doesn't have to be go hiking, you know, half dome in Yosemite. Um, but how can you spend a little bit of time in nature as a way to, again, to ground, to connect something broader than you? Um, connection is really freaking powerful. So spending time with a loved one, this can be hard if perhaps the, the conflict, the thing that triggering is in relationship as it often is. Um, but, you know, using our loved ones, even as simple as imagining connection, imagining the people you love, but it can be as simple as voice memoing, calling them, if possible, spending time in person, but those are all going to be incredibly resourcing. Play is very resourcing, um, which, you know, I'll be honest, play as an adult can feel like this thing. It's like, well, how do I, how do I do that? I haven't, I haven't played in a while and it can be helpful to have kind of instructions or, or guidance, but what are ways that you can play? I have Play-Doh that I actually will just kind of make stuff with. They're bad and there's part of my brain that's like, this doesn't look like anything. Um, but the smell brings me back to childhood. So it's kind of a sense, sensory experience. Um, but this could be, again, maybe a little bit more accessible as a maintenance resourcing thing. Um, but scheduling time to play kickball with your friends or to play a board game, to do something that's pure play and not for productivity. Um, and... One that I think is really important is to engage in stories, in narratives, in discovering people who are doing things that are positive, like the change makers, the artists, the people who are imagining a new world. So yeah, you might be listening to our episode and be like, oh my God, we have ruined the planet. And... Maybe you could read about innovation that's happening, um, new policies being passed that are going to reduce carbon emissions, um, basically work that's being done, even if it's on a very tiny scale, it's not yet widespread, to help yourself orient to what is working. There's so many groups fighting for racial justice, and it can be easy to feel like we're not making progress, and yet you know, these conversations are more widespread than, than ever before. So we are in some ways. Um, and it's not to say here that I'm saying you should ignore, like, you know, what is happening, but it's kind of like for every crappy news article that's about how everything is terrible. Can you seek out stories of hope? Can you seek out stories of what's working, of what people are trying? Can you seek out amazement essentially? So that's kind of a wide variety. Um, but in the moment, you know, it's like, how can you get somatic about it? Cause that's going to be 
that's going to be what is most effective in this moment. So I don't know if you've listened to episode four, the concept that changed my life, the vagus nerve, but our nervous system has the ability to shift into calm through our body, through doing and sensing things that signal calm. So hands on your heart, humming, deep breathing, connection, those tell your body on a physiological level that you are safe. And thus, things like your heart rate start to slow down. Your breathing starts to slow down. Your body shifts from a more activated state to a more parasympathetic rest and digest state. Um, So there's many things you can do to logically support yourself. But to be quite blunt about your physiology, those don't work. And you have to first tend to your body. Um, there's so many that I'm leaving out. And I have, a, I have many, many tools and tricks up my sleeve. But I'm actually prepping to teach a workshop or, or a session in my body language lab. And so I'm, I'm kind of being mindful of like, oh, I actually don't want to give away all the tools and tricks that, that the body language lab people have paid to receive. So that's some of them. And honestly, if you just put your hands on your heart and hum every morning, every evening, and every time you get triggered, I promise you, you will experience a lot more calm. And just to reiterate, doing anything hard, doing anything uncomfortable, doing anything that expands our capacity is about doing it in a titrated way. So doing a bite-sized piece of it just enough that you can be with where you start to get overwhelmed you start to get anxious or maybe you are a little overwhelmed and anxious but you're like i i can do this for 10 minutes i can work on this assignment that i've been putting off that is causing me so much anxiety just for 10 minutes and then you do 10 minutes of something that's resourcing you do 10 minutes of humming that would be a lot maybe but you know you chat on the phone with your friend for 10 minutes and then you come back and do 10 minutes more and so you pendulate you go back and forth and over time you build up your capacity to be with the difficult thing to face it because you've sent your body signals that you're not going to push yourself over you're not going to push yourself too hard we can't control the world we can't control what is happening but we can control how we engage in it we can control how we engage in our relationships and conflict and and so that's what you have control over is how you show up and the more that you say i need a time out This conversation is important to me, but I'm too activated. I'm going to go take some deep breaths. Then I'll return in 10 minutes. And sometimes you'll come back to that loved one that you're having that hard conversation with. And you'll say, I'm actually too activated to do this tonight. Let's make a plan for when we're going to resume. That is not a bad thing. And at times it can be hard for loved ones to hear. But the most productive way to face what is triggering and challenging is to take bite-sized pieces out of it and couple it with resourcing. And I can guarantee you how you're going to engage with that. It may take longer, but it will be more productive. It will be more in alignment. Whatever comes out of it will probably be way more sustainable and way better for everyone involved than pushing through when your body is saying no. That's how you build your somatic capacity. You honor when your body is saying no, saying this is too much, and you go to resourcing. You tend to your body. You send yourself signals of safety and calm. Um, several of the practices in this, um, in, on this podcast, on my YouTube channel, um, by myself and other practitioners are really supportive. So, um, on here, there's a free body scan, there's resource installation by Dr. Albert Wong. There's, um, 
some with Carla Dawes that is really calming. There's a sound bath. Like, like this podcast has a lot of resources. So you never need to pay me a dime and I got you. I don't remember the, the numbers. So scroll and find those. But experiment. See what works for you. And remember to both do these things before, during, and after, as well as on an ongoing basis. Because it is a lot easier to regulate when you're flexing the muscle of regulation regularly. And when your baseline level of physiological arousal is lower. If you're chronically activated and then you read that climate crisis article, you're going to get even more activated. Before, Rather, if you're lower, you might get pretty activated, but you'll be able to come down because... You're not totally stuck in activation. Hmm. Okay, that's a lot. Let me see if I have anything else I want to say. Um, yeah, I think the last thing is just that resourcing exists in multiple categories. And like most things, um, diversity is good. Having kind of like with a diet, having multiple types of food is most healthy. If there's only one type of vegetable we eat, it's not the best. Um, and so, you know, practice thinking and, and doing these things of like, what are my relational resources? Is it having a really long hug with my partner at the end of the workday and at the end of a fight? Um, what are my artistic resources? Do I like to just color and like, you know, watch TV. Um, what are my more nature-oriented ones? What are ones that are more movement-based? What are ones that are more relaxing? Um, and slowly develop though what your kind of toolbox in each um, in each area. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just say if anyone wants to be a, a late a later arrival to Body Language Lab, like this is this is what I teach you over fourteen weeks. So you really really walk away with a toolkit that works for you. Um, but I am working on other things that will be ways for you to learn how to do this at less of a time commitment and lower of a price point. Um, and check out some of the free resources on this podcast and YouTube channel. Alrighty, my dear one, thank you so much for tuning in, holding you tenderly. Bye for now. All right, that's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed what you just heard, found it valuable, and want to keep exploring with me, please click follow. To help others learn about this, make sure to give me a five-star rating, write a review, and share it with all your people. To learn more about my work, go to JacquelineExplains.com and sign up for my email list so that you can receive life-changing somatic practices in your inbox. See you next week.